we're so glad you've tuned into Soul Talks. We're Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors of psychology and spiritual directors. We want to help you thrive with Jesus in life and leadership. Your ministry is urgently needed by the people around you, but if it depletes your soul, it'll hurt you and the people you love. Our unique spiritual psychology helps you to cultivate intimacy with Jesus, emotionally healthy relationships, and fruitful ministry. We appreciate you supporting this podcast. You can donate online at soulshepherding.org. We heard from Penny, who said, I just listened to your podcast on how unconscious childhood trauma gets triggered and causes harm. I appreciate that all that you shared, and it touched me deeply. So glad, Penny, that Soul Talks is helpful to you in your life and in your ministry. We love hearing from you. Thank you so much for taking time to contact us. It's always a blessing and an encouragement. Today, we are going to talk about how the Enneagram has helped us. And we have had so many people uh, interested in the Enneagram, and we've thought about doing some podcasts on it, and so finally decided, well, let's, let's do one. One of the things that we've been doing, you who are listening may not know, but we are often called in to speak at churches and work with church staffs, uh, leadership teams, community groups, and one of the things that people like is for us to talk about the Enneagram and how it relates to their life, or the Enneagram and Jesus' easy yoke. And so it's a, been a great tool for us. We've been using it personally, and we've been using it with our clients in our Soul Shepherding office for, gosh, maybe seven years now. And it's helped me befriend my emotions, Bill. Which is what we've been talking about on Soul Talks, one of our themes, the importance of being aware of our emotions and praying through that, because whether we realize it or not, that's where we live. And even if it's unconscious, uh, emotions are the... the um, the space we're in, and God wants to touch us there. He cares about how we feel, and so emotions in that sense are very central to our discipleship. And so we're thankful for the Enneagram because it really helps us to tune into these emotions and the basic emotional postures of, of shame and anger and fear in particular, and underneath that, the uh, sadness, that when we get in touch with our sadness, our grief, our loss, it really facilitates empathy. And usually there is that, that hurt or that deficit that's under, underneath any emotional struggle that we're going through. So the Enneagram is a great tool for delving deeper into the emotions and for helping us be more aware of our, ourselves, our, our personalities, and our relationships, and our, our faith, our relationship with the Lord. It's been very helpful in, in our growth in Christ. And that's why we talk about it, because we feel like it integrates very well with with helping us in our discipleship to Jesus. Now, if you don't know the Enneagram, I hope you haven't uh, uh, signed off because we're, we're not going to be using uh, lingo or uh, data that's going to overwhelm you. Uh, we'll, if you don't know the Enneagram, this will make you possibly interested to learn it. Uh, but in any case, this, our, the conversation we have will be helpful. We're going to apply it to you and your life and your relationships uh, in uh, everyday language. It's been really something that we've learned slowly over the years. And at first, we were kind of hesitant to, to dive in because there is so much information on the Enneagram. It could feel overwhelming. And um, we weren't quite sure if it was sound, you know, psychologically and biblically. So we, we researched that for a while and, and prayed about it. And, and we finally decided that it was really something very, very helpful. And I'm so glad we did. 
Let's talk about how it's helped us in our relationship and our family with our kids and people that we meet with. Well, it was it was funny because I had the hardest time finding, you know, where where was my type? What am I on the Enneagram? I I read, you know, all these long books about every type. I, I found you right away the first time I read about, oh, really? about you. It was obvious to me, but I guess in denial about myself. And Well, I'm, I'm the Enneagram One, uh, the perfectionist. Yes. The, yeah. the reformer. The reformer. And so it was very, very obvious to me in that. And But it took a long time for me to find out that I'm the Enneagram Two. The helper. The helper. Yeah. You are a caregiver, a servant for sure. Well, once we once we found it, it really nailed me. <laughs> once I was able to get past my defenses. Well, because we read that that the helpers like chocolate. <laughs> that's and true. And cats. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> true. That was part of it. Been petting Charlie here. Yeah. You're affectionate with the animals. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, you were reading about the type two in a car, a family trip we were taking, and my mom and our three kids and I and you were all in our van together. I was driving up a mountain road because I get too nervous to be a passenger on those curvy roads. And you were reading about the type two. And, and you were denying that that was your type. <laughs> well, no, I Yes, wasn't. you were. And so I, I inserted some phrases in there that weren't actually in the book <laughs> about did. chocolate and cats. You did, but they were actually... You, you, I, you, I had you I had you because you, you thought that me. was right. You're like, yeah. oh, no, I guess I am a two. Yeah, <laughs> you had me. But the reality is there was enough there that everybody in the car knew it was talking about me. And that's like... That's the way it is with the Enneagram, uh, is that you most most of the time, your type, you sort of deny and say, oh, that's not me, because we don't like it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing that it's hard yeah. for people to get with um, understanding the Enneagram. We'll be speaking at a church uh, again this week, working with the staff and elders and uh, men and women in ministry and talking about the Enneagram. And we won't just dump a bunch of data on them, but we're no. going to uh, interact uh, yeah. like we do on Soul Talks and... We're going to get conversation going and uh, have some handouts for them. We'll get them in groups, get them talking and processing and learning about themselves. Because we're learning about our personality. But the first thing we have to understand is that we're using the term personality different than the way it's used in popular culture. Right. And different than it's used in other personality assessments like the Myers-Briggs or Strength Finders. Yeah, we like to think, you know, personality is wonderful and I'm okay, you're okay, and let's just get to know our our different personalities and celebrate those differences. And that's, uh, that is good. That's helpful. There's a lot of truth in that. But in the case of the Enneagram, it's going a lot deeper. It's looking at our, our weaknesses, our hurts, our deficits, our, our conflicts, a lot of unconscious stuff. It's looking at our ego, our false self, and things about us that make our life unpleasant uh, and ineffective for us and for the people in relationship with. Well, yeah. And to, to really go right to the center of the target, it's looking at our root sin mm-hmm. and it's identifying that. And that's what's been so helpful to me about the Neagram and my walk with Jesus is really confronting and exposing to me my root sin that I was defended against and I still can defend against. Well, before you make your confession, tell, tell us, uh, let's, let's talk about what do we mean by sin? That's sort of a big a big word here, and uh, it can be a very negative word. Sin essentially means being disconnected from God. We're, we're missing the target of God's wholeness and, and holiness, and we, we've broken relationship with the Lord. 
uh, some people refer to it as disobedience, but it's, it's really ultimately a, a, a rejection or a distancing of ourselves from the Lord, His love, and, and His leadership of our lives. So, yeah, the Enneagram is helping us see that root dysfunction and destructiveness that's embedded deep in us, in our, in our body, in our unconscious, in, in the habits of our personality. Yeah, and to elaborate on that, it's disclosing and showing me the way that I tend to depend upon myself instead of the Lord, the way I try to secure myself instead of looking to the Lord and trusting His love as enough for me. So how do you do that as a helper? Because we got a lot of helpers listening. This is soul shepherding, and so we're talking to soul friends and small group leaders and counselors and spiritual directors and people with, with big hearts for God and for other people. People like Christy. And I love all of you out there. Yeah. Well, the temptation for the two is to be perfectly loving, to love everybody well. And we try very hard to be loving in all that we do. But the problem is we don't see that behind it often is this pride or even this unconscious, selfish motivation of trying to earn love mm. by giving love. Yeah, and so there's a there's a vanity there of being really concerned about sort of your your image, and uh, there's a, a way of sort of being in control that mm-hmm. you're the caregiver or you're the, the the shepherd, and people are looking to you, and you sort of have the the resource that they need of compassion or the gentle wisdom, and they're the one that's broken and hurting and, and needy, and you're kind of meeting that need. Yeah, or even early on in life, as I look back before I, you know, had had grown and learned a lot about this and had this language and this, you know, awareness, I would overly focus on other people's emotions and empathizing with their emotions, befriending their emotions, but I was denying mine. Yeah, and that at first glance, that might seem like, well, how could you be too loving or too focused on other people? Because the Bible teaches us, of course, to, to deny ourselves and to really... Uh, well, and I use that verse because I would deny my needs. I would deny that I had mm-hmm. any needs. And so that's not what it means huh? when, when Jesus says that? No, he means you love your neighbor as you love yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we like, of. And we like to say that you can't deny a self that you don't have. Mm-hmm. So the Bible is never against self-awareness. Right. Is always validating the experience, the the needs, the emotions that uh, this is important to understand. Now there might be wisdom lacking, so we need to be careful on how we act. But uh, self awareness is it's the cornerstone of emotional intelligence, and the Bible is all over that. In our, our heroes, we we see examples of self reflection and taking ownership of their experience, their struggles, their hurts, their longings, and praying these things through and. Well, self-awareness is a form of honesty. It's a, a form of truth-telling. Mm-hmm. It's being honest with ourself and with God. And then even even more, if you have safe people you can be honest with in community, that, that all the more spurs on your growth in Christ. Yeah, and all nine types in the Enneagram are disconnected from God and from their true self. Mm-hmm. And as part of that, their true emotions. That's right. That's really good what you're saying, is they're each a false self. And so that's part of what's so valuable is when you learn your particular flavor of false self. That's right. Then a whole a new world opens up to you as to how to deal with your emotions and needs and how to 
how to how to pray, how to present yourself in your relationships. Yeah, and so um, it really takes us back to Psalm 139, a favorite psalm, uh, where David concludes his prayer. Uh, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And uh, the Enneagram is a tremendous tool to help us with that self-understanding of our our inner experiences and emotions and needs so that we can uh, pray through that and we can talk that through in our relationships. And obviously, those of you who have listened to Soul Talks or who get our our weekly email devotional, you you know that um, emotional health and wholeness and uh, emotionally healthy relationships and and spirituality is a big theme in soul shepherding. So, Bill, we talked about that I'm a, a helper, I'm a one, I'm a two on the Negram, and that you're a one, but tell us a little bit more about the one and how understanding yourself as a one has been helpful to you in befriending your emotions. Yeah, so I'm a perfectionist, and the, uh, the, the downside of that is that I can focus on the things that are wrong or not good or not good enough. In fact, it's very hard for me to say good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a major obstacle to overcome in starting this podcast. Uh, those who've been listening from the beginning, if you go back and listen to some of those early episodes, I'm talking about, about that, that, well, you just have to get to the point where you realize that this uh, conversation is an organic thing. It's not a, a we don't script this. No. And it's not going to be perfect. Right. And so uh, realizing that that was what God had for us to do and then just embracing that. It's been, I think, part of what's helped, helped make our podcast successful. But I, I had to really get over the uh, self-judging and, and the critic in me, uh, the performance anxiety, wanting everything to be perfect. And uh, the other part of that in, in terms of the, uh, the weakness of the, the perfectionist, or I like to say the reformer, a more positive title, looking at sort of the strength side of it, because every, with every personality type, you've got the, the flaw and then you've got the, the grace. Mm-hmm. You've got the... We're created in God's image, but then you know we're, we're, we're marred because we've walked away from the Lord, and so yeah. we need to be redeemed. We need to be healed and, and restored, um, have those soul splits restored, which is what I love about the Enneagram is that it gives us a map for that. So in my case, a big part of what needs to be restored is the, is the perfectionist and, and being able to say good enough, and that's something that I practice a lot. Uh, some people think I need to practice it more <laughs> because it, it becomes a load, you see. And that's what happens is the, uh, the perfectionist gets resentful. And other types also that are just, you know, really working hard or even in your case, Christy, you know, be, have the gift of mercy and caring for other people. When we're putting too much on our shoulders mm-hmm. to, to, to be good, to be right, to be helpful, to be caring, to be considerate and all this uh, there begins to develop some inner resentment. It's like, well, you know, what about me? And you start expecting payback. And you start giving and working, expecting something in return. Or you start judging other people. They're not doing their share. They're not, they're not doing enough here. So resentment it can be a big problem. And well, don't want to live in that. That's also helped me with the Negram and understanding you as a type one is it's given me a compassion for what it's like to be you. And that's helped me to be more empathetic towards you. And I think as you receive my empathy, that helps you befriend your emotions. Yeah, each, each type is a different perspective. 
And as you look on me with uh, gentle eyes and a soft heart, uh, it helps me do that. Now I have to be intentional to receive your tender-hearted compassion. And that's a big thing that we teach in our Soul Shepherding Institute and and the people that meet with us that we work with is the, the need to agree with grace. You can't just like hear it or think about it or, you know, say, oh, I, I believe that doctrine. You, you've got to learn how to experience it. And that means participate in it. That means relate with somebody who's, who's giving you empathy, compassion, and grace. So that's an important part with the Enneagram is learning how to, as you learn about your your spouse, your family member, your friend, somebody in your small group, somebody on your, your team where you, where you work, is uh, not using that information to, to judge somebody or to point out their weaknesses or, oh, you're, you're such a helper. And uh, there you go. You're flattering me again. And helpers do that. That's hurtful. It's very hurtful. Yeah, because we have to be ready for the awareness. It's much more helpful if I can catch myself doing that. And then lean into grace and say, oh, there I go, trying to depend upon myself to take care of my needs. I'm not depending upon the Lord, and I take that to the Lord. But if you're confronting it, I'm likely to get defensive. Yeah, so if I suspect that you've gotten into some some preening and some some flattery in your helper, too, preening like a peacock, that is, <laughs> and uh, your goodness and virtue then I'm, I might uh, say something like, so what were, what were you feeling in that, that situation where you, were, where you were caring for that person or when you were, when you were uh, uh, affirming them to try to sort of get at what's going on inside of you and, and, and see if we can understand together? Yeah, but you even at that have to have permission from me to do that in safety. Well, sure. When I ask you yeah. how you feel, you can say, I don't want to talk about it or you, you, yeah. you, it's up to you sort of how you respond to that. But the mm-hmm. point is we want to use the Enneagram as a tool to uh, offer invitations to people to explore their experiences and uh, what, what they're feeling, uh, their, their, their personality, and so forth. Yeah, and we want to be really careful not to use it as a weapon because it's, it's power, it's, not, it's knowledge, it's power that gives us power in relationships. So we want to be careful not to use it to be diagnosing somebody else and to be pointing out their sin and, and causing them to feel shame or feel judged. So you see me going into my perfectionist or into my, my critic and my judge, and then you are very gentle with me. Well, I, I want to be. I, I don't think I do that 100% well all the time, but that is something I want to be. And, and it does help me when I see you going into that to pray for you. The Enneagram has helped me to pray for you better. And it's also helped me to pray for myself better because I'm, I'm more able to see the areas where I, I'm in my false self and where I need to be letting God's love you know, break through and receive that. So, for instance, under these different types, there's primary emotions that we tend to feel, that, that we tend to struggle with the most. Mm-hmm. So for me as a two, that's shame. And for me as a perfectionist, that's anger and resentment. So that's been really helpful for me to be able to see that, oh, I've just caught, caught myself feeling shame. And instead of shaming myself or feeling shame or trying to avoid it, to befriend that emotion, understand that, um, confess that, not in a sense like I think it's a huge sin, although I think it can be a sin if I'm, you know, really participating with 
I think Satan's shaming me and agreeing with the Right, accuser. because in that you would then be disconnecting from yeah, God. Yeah, but if I just identify that and then I open up to God's love and reach out to him for inviting him into the shame I'm feeling, that's really helpful and healthy for me. And that is the big opportunity that we get from the Enneagram is awareness. Mm-hmm. And any personality test um, system can do this for us. It's just the those that get into more of the unconscious dynamics of our personality are going to be especially helpful. And so when you become more aware of your defense mechanisms, of your pain, of your, your needs, of the, the sort of uh, bent and um, distorted ways that we're dealing with people and situations and stress and so forth, that awareness then becomes an opportunity to appreciate God's love. And especially through maybe another person mm-hmm. who is, is a good listener and who will give us gentleness and validate our experience mm-hmm. and be gracious with us. Yeah. So when I catch myself in shame, I oftentimes will come to you and ask you if you can listen to me and what I'm feeling. Because then as you listen to me and are safe, a safe place for me to, to be vulnerable, um, then you're an ambassador of Christ to me and, and you're feeding me on, on his love and grace. And that we all need that. So you who are listening right now, um, you need an ambassador for Christ in your life. Now you might feel like, well, Bill, I, I'm, not, I'm not married. I'm a single person. Or I don't have this kind of uh, emotional safety in my marriage. Uh, well, we're not primarily illustrating marriage. We're right. illustrating soul friendship. Yeah, that's really important. And so we all need these, these interactions, whether it's, it's someone in our small group or someone that we ask to go out for coffee with us. Uh, we need to be in a space where we, we, can be, we can be vulnerable. We can talk about what's really going on in our life. And if we're not feeling close to God, we can, we can say that and not be judged and know that someone's going to listen and ask questions to draw us out more. And so much of the way to find a friend like that is to be one to, to somebody. That's right. And then just see if, if they will reciprocate and sort of test the waters to, to offer some, some vulnerability about something you've experienced or something you're struggling with and, and see if, if they'll give you grace and, and really listen and draw you out. And uh, we, need to, we need to keep praying and knocking on doors until we find those kinds of friendships. And that's a, that's a big reason why we do Soul Talks is we want to promote soul friendships with, with family members, with us in our small groups, our friendships. And we love hearing from you who are listening and saying that, you know, you're sharing Soul Talks with your spouse or with a friend or uh, your, your team at church and uh, your, your group or staff. And it's helping you start up some conversations about, about the soul, about emotions, about relationships, about life struggles, and to, and to be honest and to give grace and to find the Lord in that. So, Lord God, we do just thank you for uh, this tool, this personality assessment, the Enneagram, and others like it that help us get to understand ourselves better, uh, our strengths, but also our weaknesses, and that we can um, share with friends who will follow Jesus with us. And, Lord, we just pray for each one listening that you will help us to form these friendships, Lord, Uh, these uh, soul friendships that are authentic and uh, vulnerable, uh, where we can really uh, walk together uh, through life and help us get to know ourselves, Lord, and, and the defense mechanisms, the false self. And, Lord, we don't, we don't need that stuff when we really see your smile 
and we learn to hold your hand, Jesus, and especially when we have a friend that helps us do that. And so thank you, God, for each one listening in uh, now and praying with us. We're so glad that they're part of our soul shepherding community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Your donations to Soul Shepherding cover the production costs of this podcast, so we can offer it free of charge every week. You can give online at soulshepherding.org or mail a check to our office address. Soul Shepherding, 4000 Barranca Parkway, Suite 250, Irvine, California, 92604. You'll find a link and our address in the show notes for this podcast. Thank you for partnering with us to help pastors and leaders thrive with Jesus.